Let's pray together now. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. At Easter last week, we were reminded with sombre joy of the great sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you that your Son, through whom all things were created and who holds together all things by the power of his word, humbled himself to willingly lay down his life for us. Our lives were redeemed and were purchased at such a great cost. Thank you that Jesus is not only our sacrifice, but since his resurrection, he is now our living and reigning Prince of Peace. In light of your mercy, help us to fathom how much you love us. You gave us everything, so help us to give you all of our lives in service to you. We pray for your world, Father. Lord, you reign on high. You are the beginning and the end. You know every part of your creation. We continue to boldly approach your throne and pray for those affected by COVID-19. We pray for all our healthcare staff and our other essential service workers that you would sustain them and protect them in this time of need. Please also... Greatly bless the work of scientists who are trying to find a vaccine. Lord, we pray for those out of work and out of routine. Please supply those with reduced hours or loss of work with what they need and with a joy that passes all understanding. And for those out of routine, we pray that helpful and healthy habits would form for them. Father, we also ask that you would draw near to those whose family home is not a peaceful or safe place. Please protect the vulnerable in our society. While at the moment we cannot meet together in person, we thank you for the blessings that have allowed us to continue to church together online. We pray, pray particularly for our pastor team and volunteers who are helping out and working out how we can best love and support each other while we are being kept apart. Father, particularly at this time, we want to pray for anyone that is in distress, that is sick or in mourning. Please comfort those who are suffering and strengthen those who care for friends and family in need. Let them know your mercy compassion and love for them. Father, you have given us so much. Please help us at Soul Revival to keep um, to give to our community at this time, whether, whether it be a kind word, a chat with a neighbour or delivering a meal. 
While some of us might not be feeling too useful at home, we still ask you to use us. Help us to draw near to you, to daily read and pray. Help us to live lives worthy of our calling, to be loving and patient with those close to us and to share your saving gospel with those around us. Lord, you are our rock, our creator, our lamb that was slain and our king that rules forever. And you are also our heavenly father who walks beside us even to the end and into eternity. We love you and we praise you because you alone are worthy. Amen. Uh, And with that, it's time for another interview on The Very Long Lounge. So I'd like to uh, welcome up uh, Todd Brealey to The Very Long Lounge. Um, We're socially distanced if we keep as far apart as we we possibly can. Um, So Todd, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, maybe tell us a little bit about your your family and uh, what you're up to. Yeah, so... um, Todd, married to Loralee, and we have three extraordinary kids, Jairus, who's in year seven, and Elise and Zach, who are both in year five. Um, look, I spend most of my days working for the New South Wales government in the Department of um, Communities and Justice, and I guess my role changes a little bit, but broadly, I guess what I'm, I do a couple of different things to try and um, look, ensure, I guess, some of the ensure services are provided to some of the most disadvantaged um, individuals, families and communities across the state. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your faith journey? Maybe how you came to know who Jesus is? Yeah, um, I'll try and be quick. Um, yeah, so very quickly, I just grew up in a church, went to a Christian school in Adelaide Hills. Um, probably didn't have much of a faith. And then after high school, actually um, had a pretty significant injury and had a lot, maybe a bit like now, had a lot of time to think. Um, so I was doing rehab for about nine months and through that process really um, thought through what's what's important and what I want to be giving my life to and I guess reflected on some of the things I'd learned at school and some of the things certainly my mum was sharing with me and encouraging me in and then probably 12 months after that, through that, so it wasn't quick but there was that reflection, a lot of reading, um, decided that yeah, I wanted to give my life to to Jesus and so that sort of very quickly, um, very quickly, how it happened very quickly. many, many years ago a- now, Michael. Excellent. That's excellent. Um, and so you're involved uh, with ministry here at Soul Revival. Uh, you are the central coordinator for our world uh, team. Yeah. Do you just want to tell everyone uh, what that role entails and what yeah, you guys well, get up um, to? So feeling new to me in this role, only from this year, but really broadly, it's overseeing the partnerships um, and church planning. And so for if you've been around Soul Revival for a little bit, you might have heard our partnership and the work that's going on out in um, Brewarana with Isaac Gordon. So I guess our role within that is really um, our friendship and partnership with Isaac and his family as they've planted in Brewarana. So it's things like that. And I think, look, Stu's always got some good ideas so on what we might be doing next or how we're going to be, um, what other yeah, friendships we can be making and partnerships we may be able to do. Uh, and so I've been uh, watching a lot of coverage from the news around COVID-19 and the coronavirus and... A lot of the coverage seems to be pretty centred on kind of the big cities. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of coverage about some of our where our friends live out west in terms of our indigenous yeah. uh, friends. Do you want to uh, maybe share a little bit about how this might be impacting them and what's different about their circumstances? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, 
thankfully it seems that COVID-19 hasn't really spread too much to regional areas. Um, but if you sort of think about those areas, like things that we might be able to do right now, like get an Uber Eats, so, so we have dinner, so we can socially distance. That's not available to um, people in those communities or even where we're living, I guess, right now we're filming from Kirawee. If you sort of think within 30 minutes of Kirawee, there's five or six world-class hospitals with intensive care units. That's not available in Brewara or not. There's med minimal medical care. So if things do happen and the, the virus does spread, they are incredibly vulnerable in those areas. And um, I think as well, like what we're seeing is if you are if you were vulnerable before, vulnerable or doing it tough before the pandemic, you're doing it tough, even tougher now, and and your recovery is going to be even more challenging. So for those remote areas, um, yeah, I guess we just need to keep them in our our prayers and um, really think of them. And I think the other thing we have right now is an opportunity of time. So as you shared, like a lot of the media right now is focused on the big cities, but there actually is a lot of other content out there around what it's like for people in small communities what it's like for people in the developing world. So we have a chance right now to really probably try and understand a little bit better what it is like for them. And then um, probably at the end of this, um, be a little bit more informed and then maybe consider what how Jesus wants us to be responding or how we should be um, assisting in the recovery for those communities as well. So one of the ways we can respond is through prayer. Uh, and so I'd like to invite you now to pray uh, for them. Okay, let's pray. Oh, Father God, just want to thank you for um, the way that you are sustaining people at this time. Just want to thank you for the way that we are being encouraged through hearing your word and um, through what we're doing, I guess, right now, Lord. I guess just by the different way churches are responding and um, sharing services ac across the world through different ways and in virtual ways. But um, I guess, and I pr thank you as well for, for guys like Isaac Gordon, who's really been able to adapt and and take his message online to share with communities, uh, Aboriginal communities across Western New South Wales. So pray right now that you can continue to keep guys like Isaac and his family safe, um, protect them, and um, just pray as well that through this time you can continue to, to transform lives. I just want to thank you, I guess, even as I shared with Michael, that my testimony about um, how in a time of reflection I really got some clarity on you and how your son died for my sins. I just pray that you'll be helping other people right now just to, to see their need to be in relationship with you. And I just pray that you'll be helping them just to connect with um, Christians to help them in their faith journey as well. So I just want to thank you. Thank you again, Father God, for the way that you are sustaining us and just pray um, we can just be encouraged um, through this service tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We are now going to do the most important thing we do here at Sora Bible Church and read from the Bible. So we're reading from Revelations 4, from verse 1. The throne in heaven. <clears throat> After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I'd first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne, there were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. 
In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing, and these are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes, in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had the face of a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down, fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things. And by your will they were created, and they have their being. Pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this vision that you've given to John, so that we might get a glimpse ourselves into the beautiful reality that Jesus is on the throne and he is ruling. At this time of difficulty, we pray that we would be greatly encouraged by this reality that you are in heaven and that you are in charge of all things and that you have our lives in your hands. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, this weekend, uh, the weekend after Easter, we thought we'd have a little mini-series this week on the fact that Jesus is ruling. So last night at the Friday gathering, we looked at Isaiah chapter 6 together and we saw Isaiah's beautiful uh, vision of heaven that he was given, that he could see that, um, that God was indeed enthroned above all things, that God who has created all things is still intimately in control of everything. And the great comfort for uh, Isaiah and indeed for the people of Israel at his time was that uh, during the difficulties that they were going through, God remains the same, that he is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. And that even though the people of Israel had been disobedient to God's call, he had actually continued to be in control and he continued to love and serve them, even though they were going to be under discipline. Now that um, uh, vision that Isaiah had of heaven with God in heaven seated on the throne uh, was a vision that took place in 740 BC. So that's like a long time ago. Tonight what we're going to look at is how... The uh, revelation of John, which takes place, um, you know, 740 years later, around just after the time of Jesus, is actually showing us that not only is God enthroned on his throne, but also that Jesus is ruling with God and is in heaven as well. And the response to that from us is heartening and encouraging. As we will see tonight, that the response of heaven to God's rule is great joy. And that's something that we can really use right now, isn't it? Some hope and joy in this time of difficulty. Well, singing is often a response for a joy. And I'd like you to think for a moment about some time that you've enjoyed singing. Everybody's different. Everyone has different things that we sing to. Some of my friends that I have love to sing to opera. That's not something that I can engage with, but I appreciate their joy when they sing to opera. Some of my friends love country and western music and again that's not something that I personally connect with but it's something that many people really take a lot of joy in. Then again some of the things that I enjoy singing to are not what you might like singing to. Uh, one of the, 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 the most exciting moments I've had singing 
was at an NRL grand final of all things when Cronulla Sharks took on the Melbourne Storm and we actually won our first grand final and after 50 years the Cronulla Sharks won a grand final and I was there in the crowd with 80,000 fans probably 80 to 90 percent of them were Sutherland Shire Sharks fans and there we all were singing together to the glory of Cronulla Sutherland Sharks it was a fantastic moment as we sang for joy and the reason I pause on those kinds of uh, experiences of ours is to say that as human beings, we love to express our joy with singing. It's a very natural thing for us. And when it comes to worshipping God, in Romans 12, Paul encourages us that worship is all of life. And so when we worship God, one of the things we do to worship God is to sing to him. It's something we love to do as Christians. Each week at church, we look forward to coming together with God's people to sing to our great God. And when we sing, that is not only a great thing to experience now, but it's actually a glimpse of something greater that's coming when we one day will be joined together with all of the Christians, indeed all of the creatures of heaven as well, to sing God's praises together. What a great day that will be. The reason that that is so exciting is that it gives us hope for the future because that reality is there waiting for us if we put our trust in Jesus. And tonight's passage from Revelation 4 is a glimpse into that reality for us. And what I want to do tonight is I want to encourage us that as we think of how exciting it will be to see God face to face and to see the face of Jesus and to see them on the throne in all their beautiful glory, their majestic elegance, we will actually be so satisfied and joyous at that moment. But even thinking of that now gives us a great thrill in knowing that that will be our future experience. But it's also something we can enjoy now as well, even in this time. So let's have a look. As I said, uh, last night we looked at Isaiah 6 and Isaiah gave us a glimpse of the throne room of heaven. And now what we see is John, one of Jesus' disciples, given a vision into heaven. And the revelation at chapter 4 is the beginning of that revelation as he gets a look into heaven. So let's join him and see what heaven is like as we look at verse 1 of chapter 4. After this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me, like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what may, must take place after this. So the door of heaven opens up and John has a glimpse into heaven. Awesome. I want to ask you a question tonight. What do you imagine heaven to be like? Uh, if you're around my age, you might think of some of Homer Simpson's uh, versions of heaven of you know, fluffy white clouds with ethereal spirits playing harps up on clouds or something like that. Some people think it's all ethereal like that. Some people think of heaven as something that's so hard to imagine they can't even get their head around it. But what I want to summarise heaven for tonight to help us to get our head around this beautiful vision is that heaven will have some continuity with our, our experience on earth, but there'll also be discontinuity with our experience on earth. For example, uh, Revelation 21 talks about the fact that there'll be no more crying or pain or tears for the old order of things has passed away. So there's discontinuity in heaven. But the continuity is particularly around relationships. Our continuity of relationship with God that we have now will continue in heaven. But now as we enjoy our relationship with God now on earth, it will be even more um, obvious to us the things that we now have our faith in. For example, we know, don't we, that love, hope and faith are three very precious things to Christians. But one day, there won't be need for any hope anymore because we will see what we hope for. There won't be any need for just faith in what we long for because we'll actually be in the presence of God himself and our love will remain 
as we go to be with God in heaven. And so this is what John's going to look at now. And when he goes into heaven, the first thing that he sees, which is the continuity piece that I was talking about, is that he is instantly drawn to the image of God in his central place on the throne in heaven. That's the first and most obvious thing that occurs to John in this vision. Have a look with me in verse 2. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was the throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Just like Isaiah's glimpse into heaven, where Isaiah first noticed God as he looked into heaven, so John looks into heaven and he sees God seated on the throne. And as he sees God sitting on the throne, he's awestruck in a similar way to the prophet Isaiah when he saw God on his throne. In verse 3, And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like emerald encircled the throne. There's these beautiful images of precious, beautiful things. And these are the images that come to John as he tries to explain what he sees. He uses a lot of metaphors and a lot of symbolic language here in Revelation. But he's trying to get across to us not only what he's seeing, but what he's feeling and how he's impacted by seeing the beauty of God. Revelation 4, he doesn't only see God, however. He actually sees, as uh, Isaiah did, the creatures in heaven, the, the, the angelic creatures in heaven surrounding the throne were all these uh, different people. And in Isaiah's vision of heaven, he sees the seraphim who were attending uh, the throne. But also here in verse 4, we see that, um, that John sees 24 elders around the throne as well as angelic beings. And seated on um, these thrones were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white and they had crowns of gold on their head. In verse four, uh, 5, it goes on and says, From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbling and peals of thunder. So you see the awesome power and authority of God uh, described in these kind of metaphors. And in the front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. And these were the seven spirits of God. You know, there's this, there's this idea of perfection, that there's nothing greater or more holy or more beautiful than what John is seeing. But in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. And again, there's just this purity that we see coming across in these images. Let's go back to these 24 elders of verse 4 and verse 5, though. Who are they symbolising? Well, as well as... Uh, John seeing God and the angels in heaven, he also sees these elders. And these elders are symbolic, uh, being 24, of the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles together representing the people of God. So all of those, uh, those, those Israelites who are saved by Jesus from the 24 tribes, uh, Jewish tribes, they are represented by 12 of the elders. And then the Christian church represented by the 12 apostles are there too. So the number 24 there is symbolic of the total number of people who are saved. So in heaven, as well as there being God on his throne, John also sees angels and also these elders. Verse 8, there's some more description of the angelic creatures in heaven. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under their wings. Day and night they sang and never stopped saying, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now what is exciting about that is that the creatures in heaven can't stop singing for joy. The great deal of joy they have at just being in the presence of God is coming out in their song. And isn't it wonderful when we feel joy at our saved uh, status as Christians because God has saved us because we've now become children of God even though we were enemies of God and we did our own thing and we rebelled against God 
that when we repent of our sin and we trust in Jesus and his work on the cross, we are saved. And that can motivate the Christian to sing with great deal of emotion. And you may have experienced that emotion. As emotional as I was when I watched the Sharks win the grand final, to be honest, that didn't come close to the emotion I feel at being a child of God because of what Jesus has done for me. And the singing there is described in the same words as in the prophet Isaiah. There's a continuity there with that image as well. In Revelation 4, John also sees uh, all the creatures singing. And then in chapter 5, he also sees something else that Isaiah hadn't seen, however, in his vision. And you see that there in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. So if you've got your Bibles, you might want to look at that with me. Have a look at verse 6 of chapter 5. Because not only is John seeing God on the throne and seeing the angels and seeing the 24 elders representing the total number of people who are saved, he also sees here this. He says, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, and the lamb of God and the seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. The number seven there, again, is representing perfection. And there you see this lamb that is looking as if it's been slain. The lamb is the lamb of God. The lamb is Jesus himself who is seated with God on the throne. Jesus Christ who came to earth, fully man, fully God, to save us from our sin, who on the cross was killed in our place so that even though he'd done nothing wrong, we could actually get salvation because he has paid the punishment that uh, he has taken upon himself, the punishment that we deserve for our sin. And as a result, he has risen from the dead and triumphed over sin and triumphed over death. And if we look to him in faith, we too can actually rise from the dead. Well, this Lord Jesus is now the one who has been um, risen from the dead and ascended back into heaven. And as he's ascended back into heaven, now he is seated in authority, ruling in verse 13 and verse 14, we get some more information here. Then I heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth and under the sea and all of them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshipped. In other words, you see this expansive vision of heaven getting broader and broader and broader. First John glimpses into heaven and sees God on the throne. He sees the angelic beings and he also sees the 24 elders that represent all of the total of number of people who've been saved by the work of Jesus. The, the, the people of Israel who, even though they didn't know how God was going to save them, they trusted that God would save them. And they, like our um, spiritual ancestors, like Abraham and Moses, were saved by the same work of Jesus on the cross as us. So the 12 elders of the people of Israel and the 12 elders of the Christian church are actually all one together singing praises to God. But here in verses 13 and 14, we get this extra information that one day every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and under the sea will all recognise that Jesus is Lord. At the moment, at this time, we don't have that in reality. There's a lot of people who don't recognise that Jesus is Lord. But one day, even the people who do not accept Jesus as their saviour will recognise that he is the Lord when they see him seated in authority in heaven. The important warning for all of us though is we all need to make a decision as we are on earth as to whether we're going to put our trust in Jesus. If we are going to be counted amongst those who are saved in heaven, those 
people who are, who are represented by those 24 elders, we need to trust in the Lord Jesus himself. That beautiful, famous verse, John 3.16, reminds us that God loved the world so much that he sent his son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But even those who don't accept Jesus one day will bow the knee to recognise that Jesus is the Lord and he is ruling. But the dangerous thing is that if we don't accept Jesus, then we'll be cast out of his presence forever into an eternity of hell. The scary reality is that we need to trust in the work of Jesus or if we try and save ourselves, we will not be able to save Jesus. Serve Jesus, I'm sorry. We will not be able to trust that we'll have this experience in heaven forever. And so what we need to recognise today is that our worship that we experience here on earth is influenced by the reality of our salvation in heaven. But today, if you're watching this broadcast with me and you're not 100% sure if that reality will be yours today, my encouragement to you today is to consider trusting in Jesus. Consider that Jesus is on the throne right now and that you too can experience this delight in heaven forever too if you trust in the Lord Jesus. For those of us who've already trusted in Jesus and put our faith in him, can I encourage you that you will have the certainty of this eternal reality and that can influence how you live today. Now, I was really encouraged uh, as I saw people in Italy recently coming out onto their balconies to sing. It's good for the soul to sing, but how much more is it good for the soul if we sing influenced by this wonderful vision that we've had painted for us today that God is in heaven, he's on the throne, Jesus is also seated on the throne and together they are ruling and in control. And I'm encouraging us to trust in Jesus today so that we can be sure that we're safe in eternity. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixon.